Thank you for listening to this message from Resurrection Life Church in Granville, Michigan. We're talking about storms. Really? Actually, we're going to start a series today entitled Prepared. And then we'll be continuing this through the next few Wednesdays. So make sure you come and join us for that. You're going to want to be there. If for some reason you cannot, you can always stream it. You can go online, you can jump on, and you can catch it live as it is happening. And if that doesn't work, then you can also... They're all archived. So you can podcast it. You can listen to it that way. You can watch videos of the messages. But we really, there's no excuse to miss any of it. It's going to be a great series. Hope that you join us for it. But the title is prepared. And we're talking about how to stand through the storms of life. Now, I think storms in general, I think, are pretty cool. We live in, we live in Michigan. So really, it's like rain, thunder, lightning. It's cool. I, I like I like storms. It, I, th- I think they're fun. The big boom and the whole house shakes. You're like, yes, this is so cool. Kind of like last night where we, your neighbors are blowing stuff up. Yes, and the whole house is shaking. My neighbor decided about 12.30 last night that it was time to start letting off fireworks. And they're going off. These big mortars probably 20 feet from my daughter's window. I'm like, thank you. Thank you so very much. This is awesome. It's great. It's great. So it was all good, but lots of fun. But the storms, it's... They, they can be fun. One of my favorite times to run is in a storm. I think it's an absolute riot. Probably the, my favorite run of all times was in a storm. I was down in Tulsa, and it stormed, and the buddy and I decided it was time to go train. So out we went. We're running through these trails, and the trails that we were running on became little streams. It was raining so hard. It was raining so hard. I had to spit water out of my mouth. It was just dropping off my it – was, it was so cool. This big storm. There's been – Lots of times where I'd be out probably running here, a storm comes. I'm like, babe, I want to go run. She's like, hey, you go and then I'll go. So we, and so we take turns. We go off running. And many, many, many times cars will pull over. Hey, are you all right? Do you want to ride home? <laughs> like, I'm waterproof. I'm fine. We're, we're good. I like those types of storms. But that's not the type of storm that we're talking about. We're talking about the type of storm that we go through, the storms of life. The unexpected this that hits, the, the relationship that doesn't work out, and this that happens, the thing that comes in, the job that suddenly dis- disappears, the relationship that's torn apart by this, that, or the next thing, and how we go through those situations, how the, we handle those storms in life. And that's what we're talking about, is being prepared, because preparation changes how we go through storms. So that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to start today and we're going to continue, like I said, through the next Wednesday. So if you have your Bible, turn to Matthew chapter 7. If you've got paper, that's great. You've got a pad, you've got an iPhone or something. Find it, open it, get over there. Matthew chapter 7 so that you can follow along. And we're going to start in verse 24. Matthew 7, verse 24. And it says this. This is Jesus talking. And he says, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine... And puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. So let me ask you a question. Why did that house fall? Raise your hand if you think that the storm made the house fall. So 
Okay. Raise your hand if you think it was because of its foundation that the house fell. Okay. Raise your hand if you're like, it's a trick. I'm just not raising my hand for either one of those. Okay, there's a few of you. And there's some of you that still didn't raise your hands. You're just like, I don't do that. I'm sitting on them or something. When we read the story, I think it's almost too easy to see that, yeah, it says it kind of clearly right there in verse 25. Because it had its foundation on the rock, it didn't fall. We can look at this and it's almost too easy to see. Because in life, over and over and over, we see, and we may even catch ourselves being like, no, no, I'm here because so-and-so did this or because they didn't do this. That, that, that's why I'm in this situation. If they had recognized the gifting in me, if, they hadn't, if this hadn't happened, I wouldn't be here. I would, it would be so much different. And we like to, we like to look at the storms that we go through and say, well, that's why this happened. That's why I am where I am. But our ability to outlast the storm is not based on the storm or what comes at us. It's based on what our foundation is. Our ability to outlast the storm is based not on what comes at us, but what our foundation is on. See, Matthew 7, 24, it said this in that verse. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and then puts them into practice. You're here this morning, congratulations. You're probably up out late last night having fun, blowing stuff up, watching other people blow stuff up and being kept up by others that are blowing stuff up. And you're here, that's great. But it's got to be more than that. What are you going to do when we leave? Just as the wise one is who hears and does. See, there's some similarities between the people that built these houses. They both heard a message. They both built on it, and the same storm hit both houses. The difference was one person did something with what they heard. The other person was deceived. They heard the message and thought, it's making a difference in my life. I was at church. That's great. Did that. Punched my clock. I'm out. The other person said, I'm going to make sure that that affects my life when I leave. I'm now going to take that. I'm going to put it in practice now that I walk out these doors. That's what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to now go do it. That's how we build our life on that foundation. Verse 25, the rains came down, the storms rose, the winds bleed against that house. Yet it did not fall because its foundation was on the rock. Because we, he was and we need to be a doer of the word, to do it, to go and to do it. But preparation changes the way that we go through the storms. It changes it. It makes it, it changes everything about it. But what I want to do right now is I want to take a minute, I want to look at the storm itself. Because how we look at the storm, how we look at the storm, and we'll, we'll really dig into more of how we prepare to go through those storms in the next couple of weeks. But I want to spend some time now looking at the storm itself, because how we look at it changes determines how we go through the storm. How we treat and how we go through the storm. I'm amazed at how some of the things that animals know. Now they, just, they, they just know things. You're like, how do animals know how to do that? One in particular is the buffalo. Buffalo, besides being really cool because they're huge, you're just like, you're really big. That's awesome. I, I like them. But besides that, there's this. When, when a cow sees a storm coming, it does this. 
Moo. Like that's, it's a cow. It just sits there. Maybe moves over by a tree that can maybe get knocked over by the wind and kill them or something. That's, that's cows. Buffaloes are completely different. A buffalo, a herd of buffalo will see or know, however it works, I don't speak buffalo, but the storm is coming and they'll say, oh, the storm is coming, the storm is coming from the east. So what they do is they run at the storm. They minimize the amount of time they spend in the storm because if it's coming, they run at it and then as it comes, they're going this way, they go through the storm instead of just sitting there and let the storm sit and dump on them. I thought that was so cool. And how you and I look at storms is going to change the way that we approach them and what we do while we are in them. Is how we see the storm makes a huge difference in how we handle and how we go through them. Storms and trouble, resistance, are not an indicator of God's will or his blessing in our life. They are not an indicator. We are not to look at this and say, okay, if this is happening, then, then God probably doesn't want me to do this. I think too many times we have the, the idea or the thought that God leads us through the path of least, least resistance. We're like, well, if God wanted me to do this, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be like this. It wouldn't be that hard. It wouldn't, it'd be easier. Oh, let's read Matthew chapter 14. Let me, let's, let's look at this a little bit more. Matthew chapter 14. Jesus and his disciples, they'd been preaching, and Jesus tells his disciples to get into the boat. He says, you guys are going to go off without me. I'm going to stay here. So Jesus is telling his disciples exactly what to do. He's telling them to get in the boat. He's telling them to go over to the other side. That's very important. Okay, now let's read this. Matthew 14, verse 22. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of them to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. After he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. So we already established that the disciples are doing what Jesus asked them to do. They're going to the other side. But what many of us think should happen when God directs us to do something is not happening right here. This says that the wind is against them that they're being resisted by it. Most of us are like, if God told me to do it, what would happen is the wind would spin around the other way and all of a sudden it would be pushing them. It'd be pushing them so hard, they'd be like grabbing the little rudder thing, like, hold on, here we go. They'd be surfing in the boat on the way. I know it's a horrible surf thing, but they'd be like, I don't know, they'd be surfing, the wind would just be pushing them the whole way there because God wants them to do it because that's what God is directing them to do. But that's not at all what we see happening. Instead, we see them doing exactly what they're called to do, exactly what Jesus instructed them to do. And yet there's opposition. The wind didn't switch around. It wasn't easy. But yet, too often that's what we think. We think God's an, an open door. Something's easy. We're like, yeah, no, this, 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 this is God. God is opening the door for this to happen. A while back, a guy came up to me. We were working in youth, and he's, he's all excited. He says, hey. Uh, I, I get, you won't believe what happened to me this last week. I said, well, all 
all right, well, what's going on? So we sit down and he t- starts to tell me about it. He says, well, I was out in California. I was on this trip and there's this college that I've, I, I, just, I just love. And, and you know, I play football. And so I went and, and they have a really good football team. And I just went, I was just checking out the campus and things while I was out there. And, and he goes, it was crazy. God started opening doors. And I said, like, what, do you, what do you mean? Well, I went to the football field, just kind of checking some things out, and, and I happened to meet the assistant coach, and he happened to be there, and he started talking to me, and I spent, I talked to him for like, I don't remember exactly how long. He's like, I talked to him for a really long time, and he's like, hey, we'd love to have you come play for us, and there's the, uh, uh, the coach, and I think he got introduced to the coach, and he's, he's like, they were saying, hey, you could do this, and you could be a part of this, and we can help you with this, and, and there's scholarships for this, that, and the next thing. He's like, it was amazing. Nobody gets to just walk on campus and meet these guys, and I just happened to be there. He's like, it's God opening a door for me to go there. And I stopped him. I said, I wouldn't be so sure. I, I wouldn't be so sure about that. Just because it's easy doesn't mean it's good. He's like, no, you do not understand. And I said, okay, well, what's, I know you want to go out there. I know you want to play football. What are you going to be doing? Where are you going to be going to church? Where are you going to live? Do you have any, any friends while you're out there? Do you, do you know some people out there? And he says, no, no, I don't. But there's, there's lots of churches around. I'll find one when I get there. I looked at him and I said, let me get this straight. You want to go out there because there's football. You have no idea where you're going to go to church. You don't have a godly group of friends to help support you, to help you walk through this season of your life. You just want to go out there at random and then you're going to find something when you get there. And he's like, yeah, but it's, it's so easy. God's leading me. I said, I said, no. What it sounds like to me is you're seeking football. And you want to go play football. And this is an opportunity for you. And you're going to put God, Christianity, and building up the kingdom of God and all things to do with that up on a shelf for a couple of years, and then you're going to pull them back down, dust them off, and say, okay, God, I'm back. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and he adds this other stuff. I said, it sounds to me like you're seeking football. He says, no, 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 God is opening these doors for me. So off he went. And I think it was maybe a year and a half, two years later, phone rings, and there he is. He's like, Samuel. I made a mistake. He says, I got out here. I didn't get plugged into a good church. He said, I, I went to a, I pulled in the parking lot of one church when I haven't even been to church. He's like, I surrounded myself with some people who, who, weren't, who weren't doing good things. He's like, I've, I've made a mess of myself, of my life. I've made a bunch of mistakes. He goes, I haven't been playing the football that I thought that I would. The school hasn't turned out. He says, honestly, it's just been... It's just been a disaster. The last year and a half has been a disaster. And I need, I, I need some help. And he'd be able to talk. He said, I, I need to get out of the situation, the place that I'm in, the things that I'm doing. And I need to get back. But I thought, just because something's easy doesn't mean it's God directing us to do it. God does not lead us through the path of least resistance. The disciples are doing exactly what God wanted them to do. Exactly. And there is trouble. There's trouble. They're struggling. They're struggling. But let's continue reading Mark chapter 6, verse 48. It says this. He, Jesus, saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. And about the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them walking on the lake. And he was about to pass them by. Now, I think that's really interesting. And that's the, I think you should circle that, highlight that something in there. There's, there's a little question mark next to that in my Bible. Not, not, not this thing, but my actual Bible Bible. 
I think it's really interesting. He's about to pass them by. Jesus is walking on the water, which I just think is cool. I think Jesus does some things. He, he was just for fun. He's like, I'm God. I'm going to walk on the water. Watch this. No, 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 no. He, just, he, just, he just does his thing. He just walks. It's not like he couldn't have blinked and been at the other side, but he decided to walk on the water. Maybe he's jumping from wave to wave. I don't think he was doing that whole holy thing. Like if you ever see the videos that depict or any of the movies about some of this and that shows him just kind of walking all somber. on the, I'm like, no, he's walking on water. He's, I'm sure he was having more fun than that. I mean, look at, look at some of the people that he makes. He makes some God's got a sense of humor. We're all crazy and different and fun. He's got to be up there just laughing and have a good old time. But he's walking on the water and the Bible says he's about to pass them by. But they see him and so they cry out. Doesn't matter what storm or where you are, God's will is not automatic in your life. His blessing is not automatic in your life. We have to cry out to him. There are some of us, we're in a storm, you may be in a storm right now and you're thinking, where is God in this? And he is right where you left him. The Bible says, seek and you will find, knock and the door will be open, ask and you will receive. That if we'll just call and say, God, I need your help in this situation, he will be right there. The Bible says, he never leaves us and never forsakes us. Leave is to move away from, forsake is to turn away from. He doesn't do either of it. He's right there. He is right there if we will cry out to him. And here's the, here's, the, here's the great thing. The Bible says that God works all things for the good of those that love and serve him. And what that means is no matter what the circumstances that we're in, when we submit right where we are to God and begin to do life his way, we get the best results we could possibly get. It's not an immediate band-aid fix where all the, every trouble and situation and problem just drops away and it's like, wait a second, this is amazing. I, 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 that, that's not it at all. But when we submit to God, we get the best results that we can possibly get out of the situation. Because God's will in our life is not automatic. John 7 verse 16 says this. Jesus answered, he said, my teaching is not my own. It comes from him who sent me. If anyone chooses to do God's will, he will find out whether my teachings come from God. If anyone chooses to do God's will, we choose to do it. Circumstances are not God's way of showing, oh, this is hard, you shouldn't do that. This is easy, go do this. It's, we cry out to God and say, God, I want to know what your will is in this situation. Help me to know, which we can see through his word. We can see through his word. Because God is not in control. He is not dictating what happens and does not happen in your life. If you think he is, it changes everything. If you think that God is controlling everything that happens in your life, then do not go to the doctor when you get sick because God's in control. Don't fix the roof on your house when it starts to leak because God is in control. If you think that the storms, the troubles that are coming at you in whatever situation is, then don't do anything because God is in control. But that's not what the Bible teaches. God does not, the Bible does not teach that God is in control. It does say that God knows, in Revelations, it says that God knows the end from the beginning. It does say that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. 
That joy before him was you and I. He could see and look and say, I know what's going to happen as a result of what I go through today. I know the millions and however many billions, whatever number of people that will receive eternal life, receive forgiveness as a result of this. It does say in Galatians that those God foreknew, he also predestined to become sons and daughters of Christ. But he was able to look ahead and see, if I do this today, who will make that decision generations and generations off? It's not a controlling factor in our life. But if we believe that, then here's what's going to happen. We will not resist the devil. If we believe that every storm and every trouble that comes from God, we'll say, okay, then what am I supposed to be learning from this? When the Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. If we look at and if we believe that everything that happens is God's will in our life, we will use what's happening, the circumstances around us, to determine God's will in our life. If we believe that everything that happens is God's will, we will look to circumstances around us to determine God's will in our life. It's hard. It's easy. I can tell you how many times I hear somebody says, well, you know what? If, if, and, and, and they seem to do this when they're dating a lot. Well, if we're supposed to be together, we'll just, we'll just be together. And I'm like, what? You're crazy. If we're just supposed to be together, we'll be together. The Bible says he who finds a wife finds a good thing. He doesn't say, hold out your arms, I'll drop one in your lap. Get out of the basement, put the Game Boy, Game Boy. You can tell I don't play anything <laughs> like that. Xbox, they're still, yeah, okay, I'm just going to leave that one there. Let's keep going. Stay with me, stay with me. If we're trying to determine God's will in our life by what's going on around us, we will be completely messed up. It will be, it's crazy. It will be absolutely crazy. There's a story where some people, look with me in Acts. In Acts chapter 28, Paul, Paul's on a boat. He's a prisoner. He's there with a whole bunch of other prisoners. And they're, they're in this crazy storm, huge, huge storm. Been going for days. And they see an island. They think, okay, let's, let's try to run the ship up against the island. We can kind of get over to that. But as they're on the way to the island, they get stuck on a sandbar. And the waves are hitting the ship and just knocking, beating the ship to pieces which is crazy. So it's knocking the ship apart in pieces, but everybody, everybody makes it to shore. Whether they're floating on a stick or a log or part of the ship or they're swimming themselves, everybody makes it to shore. But it says this about what happened when they got to shore. Paul, and this is Acts chapter 28, verse 3. It says, Paul gathered a pile of brush, and as he put it on the fire, a viper jumped out and was driven out by the heat, and it fastened itself to his hand. When the islanders saw the snake hanging from his hand, they said to each other, this man must be a murderer for he escaped from the sea, yet the goddess justice has not allowed him to live. So what are they doing? They're looking at the circumstances, and as a result of the circumstances, they're deciding this is, they didn't know, they didn't know Jesus, they didn't know God, but they're still looking at the same, this situation saying, you know what, the goddess justice won't let him survive. He must be a horrible, horrible man because of what just happened to him. They're determining God's will in their life through circumstances. But then it, we go on and it says this, but Paul shook the snake off into the fire and suffered no ill effects. The people expected him to swell up suddenly or fall over dead. But after waiting a long time and seeing nothing unusual happen to him, they changed their minds and decided he's a god. They're like, what? He's not dead. But what, what are they doing? They're doing this. They're deciding, they're using circumstances 
as the compass, they're using the circumstances to guide them and to say this is what God's will is in their lives. And that is not what we are to do. Storms come, storms go, but we are to stand strong through the storms. We're not to say, oh no, this is God trying to show me something. No, God can use everything for the good, and he does, the Bible says, uses all things for the good of love, of those that love and serve him. But if we think that it's God doing this to us, then we shouldn't do anything. We should just say, oh God, what are you teaching me with this? But the Bible teaches this, James 4, 7. Submit yourselves therefore to God. It's not automatic. What does it say? Submit yourself to God. We do that. We submit ourselves to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. Resist the devil and he will flee. The last time he left you alone was the last time you told him to. Now what I'm not saying is that every single bad thing that happens in your life is a result of the devil. I, I am not saying that. I saw a, uh, a post the other day on um, Instagram, not Instagram, on uh, Yes, Instagram. Woohoo, never mind. We're good. On Instagram. And it said something along the lines of this. It said, everything happens for a reason. Sometimes the reason is you're stupid and you make bad decisions. <laughs> and I just kind of giggled. And then I did that this weekend. Um, I, was, I was digging a hole in the yard. There's a reason. But I'm, I'm digging this hole. And it wasn't quite deep enough. And so I'm going to make this trench hole thing. And I'm, I'm, I'm back there digging. And I got this little shovel because that's what you do when you're digging. And the ground was kind of hard at the bottom. So I'm, I'm stabbing it so I can get at it and, and, and dig some more. And all of a sudden I take that shovel and I go like this. And when I stick it in the ground, it goes. <laughs> and I run back from that thing. I run over to the door. I'm like, Becca. I hit the gas line to the house. Get out. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where, where I was digging and where the meter is, the gas meter, and then, of course, the road's over there. Like, I even thought before I was digging, like, there's a gas line under there, so it's got to be there. Like, it should, it should be there. It would make sense if it was there, but it's probably deeper than I'm going to be digging. And, yeah, I know, miss dig and all that stuff. And, but this is what I'm saying. I made that. I, I, I did that. I'm the one that cut it right, like seriously, I cut the line right in two with my little shovel just boom. We were like 65 yards away from it. We're all in the backyard and there's a bunch of kids, like seven kids running around the house. Like, get them out of here. There's another, another. But anyways, so we all get them out in the backyard. We all get back there. We're 65 yards away like, yeah, glad we didn't take up smoking today. That had been a bad time. It was strong. It was really strong. And they came and they, DT came and they helped take care of it and this, that, and the next thing. But that's on me. I, it, was, it, was, it was dumb. There's, there's no, the devil didn't even need to show up for that one. It's, just, it's, it's, it's on me. And we can't be attributing everything, and I'm not saying that all, that we don't attribute every bad thing that happens in our life to the devil. Sometimes we just, we just, we just do dumb things. We do things that we're like, you know what, and then we have to pay the price for it. Then it costs money. And sometimes that's on us. But storms are going to come. And I know that's not very positive. So let me, let me, let me do this. I'm positive storms are going to come. It, it's just a part of life. You cannot pray so much that all of a sudden you go like spiritual storm wing and you just like float over the top of them like, oh, look at them. They have troubles. I don't. You cannot read your Bible enough. You cannot come to church enough. You cannot anything to the point where all of a sudden you are immune to the storms and troubles of life. It's 
It, it, it doesn't work that way. In fact, John chapter 16, verse 33, it says this, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. This is Jesus talking. Then he says this, in this world you will have trouble. Put that on your refrigerator. Yeah, read that one every day. Storms are going to come. Storms are inevitable. Your foundation is optional. What is it that you're going to be standing on when the storms come? And here's the thing about preparation is it changes not just the way that we go through the storms, but it changes life before the storm. It changes life before the storm. I love what that verse says. I have come so that you may have peace. He says peace and then he says, but trouble's going to come. When we're prepared, we can still have peace. And that, that happens not just in the storm, but before. How many of you own an electronic that isn't waterproof? Raise your hand. Whether it's a TV, computer, cell phone, fax machine, whatever. Most of you. Some of you still use tablets. Okay, sounds good. Like the stone ones. But anyways. <laughs> How many of you are worried about rain? Raise your hand. No? But you just said you have things that aren't waterproof. You're not thinking about it because you're prepared. You probably have a roof over your house and your windows are either up or down. If you've got AC, they're probably closed right now. You're not worried about it because you're prepared. Preparation changes the way that we go through life right now. When money's tight, you don't even want to go to the mailbox. It's not even fun. You're like, no, nah, I know it might be. I'm, I'm not even going over there. It's, it's, it's just not fun. I'll wait a couple of days. Yeah, I don't know about that one. When money's tight, you're driving down the road, just cruising, everything's all good. The car makes a noise, and what you're like, oh, how much is that going to cost? What's that noise? What, is, what does that mean? Is it this? Is it a break? Is it something simple? Your brain starts, my brain starts trying to figure out exactly what it is. Because you're not ready, it changes the way that you go through it. But when we're ready, that's when we walk in that peace. It changes not just the way that we go through the storm, but the way that we live life beforehand. I see and I know that my financial soundness is not because of my paycheck, not because of my job, not because of how many zeros there are or are not in my bank account, but I'm relying on God. He's, he is my source. The Bible says seek first the kingdom of God and he'll take care of the rest. All right, I'm going to seek that. That gives me a peace in situations where other people who don't have that, who aren't standing on that foundation go, I don't know what's going to happen. There's this and that and the next thing. Yeah, the market might do this, interest rates might do that, silver, gold, I don't know, whatever. I'm standing on God's word and I want to put my faith and trust in that because that's not going to change. That's where I want to be. Preparation changes the way that we go through everything. Everything that we go through, every bit of it. He says, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome. Being a Christian doesn't mean that we don't get trouble. But Philippians 4.13 says this, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. It doesn't say that we don't get to go through the storms. It doesn't say we'll avoid them. It says you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. It says that you can get through to the other side. And that changes everything. When I know I can do it, it changes everything. Everything. Roger Bannister is... He did one thing that he's remembered for, but because he was the first. Oh, we, we know Roger Bannister. This is what Roger Bannister did back in, I believe it was 1956 or 64, 50, right in there. He ran and was the first person to run a sub-four-minute mile. 
People had been trying. People said it was physically impossible, like you cannot do this. He did it. And as soon as he did, all of a sudden, there was an avalanche of people to follow. In fact, two months later, two people did it at the same time in a race, racing each other. Because all of a sudden, they saw somebody can do it. It, it can be done. It can be done. I love mountain biking. It's, it, it's fun. And one of the things I really enjoy doing is riding with people that are faster than me. Because if they're faster than me, and I watch them go around it and over and through and whatever, the log, this, that, around a corner, I think, well, if they can do it, I can do it. If they can go that fast, then it can be done. You can turn that fast. I don't have to slow down. And you, you, you can jump over those things. And, and that can be done. It changes everything. And that's what we have right here. Jesus says, I will never leave you and I will never, ever forsake you. We know that we can get to the other side. We know we can do these storms through Christ who strengthens us. We know that we can do it. Ephesians says this, Ephesians 1 verse 3, Praise be to God and our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us, with, blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. He's already given it to us. He's equipping us to go through the storms. 2 Peter 1 3 says this, His divine power has given us everything that we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. We have what we need. He's given us everything we need through the knowledge of God to go through and to make it through these storms. See, Jesus said, I came to give you life and life to the fullest. Life to the fullest. Christianity salvation is not a, you got this really boring, awful life now, but wait, you get to go to heaven. He says, I came to give you life to the fullest right now. That's what we get to have right now. Yes, yeah, storms are going to come, but we can know that we are going to go to the other side, that we can get through. This isn't God trying to tell us no, yes. We're not looking to that for direction. We're looking to his word. The Bible says that God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. That's where we're going. That's where we're going to find this. And we're going to go through the storm. We know he's never going to leave us, so we are going to get to the other side. We know that no matter what happens when we look to him, we get the best results out of that situation. We know that we can do this. That's what Jesus came for. He said, I came to give you life to the fullest. So no matter what, what you're going through, where you find yourself, let's look to God. Say, God, I know that I can get through this. You, you can. You can get to the other side. It may be dark. It may, you may think, oh my goodness, it's, it's weighing so heavy. I don't know what I'm going to do. Then stop. Say, all right, God. I know you're not trying to lead me through this, but I'm going to turn to you in this situation. And I'm going to find out how I can live out your word today. I'm going to find out what it is that I can do. And I thank you, God, that you came to give me life and life to the fullest. Seek and you will find. Ask and you will receive. Knock and the door will be open. God, I want your direction. I want your insight. You say in your word that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. Then God, give me that step so I can know where to go and what to do next. Storms are going to come, but we can be prepared. And when we are, we can have that peace. The Bible calls the peace, that peace this. It says, it's the peace that passes all understanding. It's not a peace based on what's going on, saying, oh, no, look at this, and I see this over here. It's a peace you say, you know what? I know that God's my source. I know that he's going to see me through, and he's not going to leave me, so I know I'm making it to the other side of this.
When we hold on to that, it changes the way that we live, not just in the storms, but before and after and how we go through them. So I pray that you would hold on to that and that you would seek him as never before and begin to prepare now. And we're going to begin to talk about some more specifics on how we do that through the next couple of weeks. For more information about Res Life, please visit our website at reslife.org. If you have questions about Res Life or would like directions to visit us, please feel free to call 616 534 4923.